Welcome to the Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today we'll be talking about having a healthy plus-size pregnancy and birth. While the incidence of cesareans, inductions, and other interventions are higher for plus-size women, this does not have to be the case. Jen McLellan is here to share the three things that can help you have a fabulous experience no matter your size. Stay tuned. This episode of Breathful is brought to you by Christina Waitzel of My Natural Baby Care, where she provides healthy solutions for your precious little ones from skincare to food, books, essential oils, and lots more. Want the next Birthful episode to be brought to the world by you? Then go to patreon.com slash birthful. The Birthful Podcast, talking to maternity pros to inform your intuition. Hello, Mighty Mamas and Mamas-to-be. As always, thank you so much for listening to the show and all the love you're sending us. I adore getting your comments, requests, reviews, like this one from Sibel Four. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. So she says, quote, I have been gobbling up this podcast since I discovered it about six weeks ago. I am expecting my second baby in six weeks, so it's been a really calming and reassuring experience to tap into this educated community of people who believe in the power of a woman's body during birth. I also really love how links to more information are posted on the show page. Thank you for providing this wealth of much needed information. I love that review. Thank you. Thank you, Sabelle. And if you agree with her that the podcast provides you with a wealth of much needed information and that it's bringing calm and reassurance into your pregnancy or parenting journey, then please, please, please consider buying me a cup of virtual coffee. And to do that, go to patreon.com slash birthful and pick the reward level that's right for you. Pledges start at $1. $1 per month. That's a quarter per podcast episode. I mean, you may even have that underneath your couch cushions. And if you are considering it, do it today. It will really make a difference for me, for all the mighty mamas that listen to the show, and for all the mamas that haven't even found out about the podcast and maybe aren't even pregnant yet. And if you pledge $5 per month, then you'll get to be the sponsor of a birthful episode, just like Christina Weitzel of My Natural Baby Care did this week. You can visit her at MyNaturalBabyCare.com and even claim a free gift. How sweet is that? Thank you so much, Christina, for being an awesome supporter of the podcast. And remember to learn all the fabulous ways that you, my adored listener, can support the Birthful Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash birthful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So to the show. I'm incredibly excited today that my guest is Jen McLellan from Plus Size Birth. Jen is making such a difference for plus size women everywhere, uplifting and empowering them and letting them know just how strong and beautiful their bodies already are. Jen is a published author and certified childbirth educator who advocates for plus-sized women. She promotes positive information to empower healthy decision-making during pregnancy. Within her blog, Plus Size Mommy Memoirs, she helps women navigate the world of plus-size pregnancy, shares tips for embracing your body, and laughs along with the adventures of motherhood. Her work has been featured in major publications such as Yahoo Shine, Huffington Post, Everyday Feminism, and International 
doula. Jen is also a skilled patient advocate, professional speaker, wife, and mother to a charismatic five-year-old. Jen, it is so fabulous to have you here on the show. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity. And we were talking a little bit off air before we got a recording, and it turns out it's your five-year blogging anniversary today? It is. Five years ago, I started this journey. Congratulations. I'm so excited. It'll be, and you know, the listeners know we pre-record, so it'll be a little bit off, but still they can, they can, you know, people send Jen messages. Congratulate her. <laughs> Let's make it a long drawn out party. <laughs> so what, how did you get into this five years ago? Sure. I found out that I was pregnant in January of 2010, my husband and I. And like most people who find out they're pregnant, they're excited, shocked, and then they go onto the internet because that's apparently what we do these days. Only going onto the internet as a fat pregnant woman um, was a completely different experience. And most of the information I found was really negative. I read that I would for sure develop complications like gestational diabetes. I would definitely have a cesarean birth. And I also read that I was a horrible person for wanting to become a mother as a fat woman. And it was this moment of going from excitement to, to devastation. Turns out none of those things happened to me. I was really proactive with my health throughout my pregnancy and hired a doula. Yay, doula! Yay. <laughs> Switched from um, OB care to um, the midwifery model of care within a hospital setting. And I it, it really changed everything for me. It was the first time in my life that I had a care provider touch my body with compassion. Mm. And I had these women, my doula and my midwives who just had more belief in my body than I did. And it started to shift these thoughts that I had had in my head for my whole life, 30 years, that there was something really wrong with my body because I was an overweight woman. Um, and it, 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 none of those things happen. And, and, and they could have, but for me, they didn't. And I wanted a natural childbirth. My mother had natural childbirth. I just thought that's what you had to do or you should do. And I also, to be really frankly honest, was afraid of other people having to move my body. I also knew that um, through, you know, educating myself and reading books, I love Ina May, you know, it was okay. Well, if I do have an epidural, then my risk of cesarean dramatically increases. And it already had increased because of my size. So I had a natural childbirth. Um, I... My midwife was the one who said, climb up on the bed on your knees. And I just remember this moment of, oh, okay, here, this is, this is happening. My, this, my whole world is about to change. And my doula just said, listen to your body. And I had never really listened to my body before, but I did. And I trusted my body and I let go. And I gave birth 30 minutes later on my knees to my son. And I was as I say so often when I'm asked about this, you know, on that day, I was not only transformed as a mother, but also as the woman I once was. I, I could never, again, hate a body that could do something so magnificent. I could no longer listen to those voices that told me that I wasn't good enough. Um, so that was really a huge turning point for me. Uh, and then, you know, settling into motherhood, whatever that looks like, I think I'm still settling in um, five, five and a half years later. But 
I, you know, I wanted to share my story. I knew I couldn't be the only fat woman that had given birth on her knees, but that's pretty much what the internet told me. Um, so I started my blog five years ago today. Yay. What is plus size mommy memoirs? Um, and since then, you know, so much has happened with creating the website plus size birth because I realized there needed to be resources and becoming certified as a childbirth educator because I wanted opportunities like today to be able to, you know, talk to not only moms, but also birth professionals, as well as how to support women of size. Um, so yeah, it's been a beautiful, intense, exhausting, emotional journey. Um, but I'm really proud of what I've put together. And I'm mainly proud of the community that has been formed, especially um, via social media. You know, my Facebook following is over 169,000 plus size women supporting one another. And that is just a beautiful thing. That is such a wonderful story. And the, you know, legacy that you are forging is amazing because you are changing the lives of so many women, regardless of their size. Um, Yeah, no. So thank you very much. And just off the bat, like, you dispelled a bunch of myths because women do get told very often that the like one of the first questions as a doula that I am that I encounter with moms of plus size is that are they automatically in a higher risk category? And yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I keep waiting uh, for ACOG to release their next committee opinion on obesity and pregnancy and for it to say that there should be a high-risk classification. Thankfully, that hasn't happened yet, and there's really not the evidence to base that decision ruling making. You know, there are increased risks, absolutely, compared to a BMI of 30, there's a four times greater risk of gestational diabetes, two times uh, greater risk of fetal macrosomia, three times greater risk of hypertension and three times greater risk of preeclampsia. But if you break those down number wise, you know, they sound really intense and scary, but for gestational diabetes, for example, that still means that like 90% of women won't get (laughs) gestational diabetes, 90% of women of size, but yet that's not really what we hear and what Mm -hmm. mainstream media says and even what care providers say. But you know, care providers also can decide within their own practices that they will label women of size as high risk. And so that's really um, why we're here to talk about later about hiring a size friendly care provider as well. Absolutely. And, and that was one of my things as I was researching for this show of looking at the numbers. I mean, already we, our maternity system is intervention, you know, trigger happy, um, intervention happy, um, have a cesarean, but that, as you mentioned, that goes up for um, plus size women to, you know, 50% or 60% in some, some research. So it is scary. It can, it can be like very defeating in a way. And I'm so happy that you're here to share with listeners and tell them, no, that's not the only way and actually it's an opportunity like you had for you to come closer with your body to sort of appreciate and love your body more and change how you think about it absolutely and and change how you care for your body as well 
Yeah. So with that, let's jump right in and say, you know, what are some of the things that you need to pay attention to in order to have a healthy plus size pregnancy? Sure, absolutely. I, um, you know, like I said in the beginning, sharing my story, I've been doing this work for five years. Um, and throughout it, I have heard so many stories, thousands upon thousands of stories from plus size women. And I, you know, through being being educated as a childbirth educator, learned a lot, and then also hearing these stories. So I've compiled these two um, radically different things. I mean, I know we childbirth educators, we have all of our you know statistics and studies, and we go through everything and we learn everything and how the body works and all that great stuff. And then we also have that, and that's real. But then there's these stories, <laughs> and these stories sometimes conflict what we learn. Um, so I've taken all of that and really come up with three tips on how plus size women can have a healthy pregnancy and an empowered birth. So I'll share them with you one by one and I'm sure we'll chat in between, but I also wanna share tips within them for moms and tips within them for birth professionals as well. So, yeah, so number one and number two are things that we talk about in childbirth educators and doulas and every birth professional talks about for um, women of all sizes. And number one is eat healthy. I'm sure this doesn't really come as a surprise. Um, it's really important, thankfully, as a society, I've gotten away from the eat for two while you're pregnant mentality. But it's really important to eat healthy throughout pregnancy. And where we emphasize this for um, plus size moms is that there is a much greater increase of um, deficiencies in vitamins, um, you know, up to 40% in iron, um, folic acid, 24%, uh, an insufficient passing of vitamin D to our babies. So really being proactive with not only just a base prenatal vitamin, but also getting your vitamin D levels checked, um, a blood test by your care provider and um, being really proactive with folate and all that good stuff. You definitely want to have conversations with your care provider as far as what to take, but it's really important. We're getting all those great nutrients through healthy fruits and vegetables as well. Um, you know, we can say don't eat processed foods, but that's really hard and confusing. Um, so instead of saying that, just try to stay on the outskirts of the grocery store. Hit up the, you know, fresh produce and dairy and meats um, and, and just start by avoiding things that come in a bag or box, moms. Um, and, and do your best, but don't punish yourself because it's when we want something sweet and we avoid it, we end up grabbing the king size Snickers instead of the bite-sized Snickers. So really listening and doing some, you know, intuitive eating of what our bodies are hungry for and craving for, but really being cognizant of the importance of making healthy choices. Uh, I'd say another thing for moms that is a fear and concern for moms of all sizes is weight gain during mm -hmm. pregnancy. So eating healthy can, can help with that. Weight gain recommendation limits um, for women of size range between um, 15 and 25 pounds. And that can be really confusing and scary. And some care providers will say gain no weight. Uh, some will say lose weight during pregnancy. So you really need to be proactive with 
you can lose weight during pregnancy. They're, it's completely healthy as long as you're making healthy choices. But if you have a care provider that is harping on you a lot about your weight and telling you to lose weight, you know, maybe that's a red flag and you need to consider looking into um, another care provider. But I, I think that the weight thing is tricky and we could spend a lot of time talking about it, but we'll, we'll move on and just say <laughs> proactive with what you choose to eat can help you not have to focus on freaking out about gaining weight or losing weight during pregnancy as much. And I like that shift in perspective into just be aware and mindful of what, you know, intuitive of what you are putting in your mouth and what you're purchasing and just make little changes as you go so that it's not so overwhelming. Um, and consider that it's building blocks for your kid. We had Teresa Nesbitt was on the show a few weeks back and she did a whole show of eating to build healthy, you know, baby brains from scratch, right? So that was one of her big things. Just like you're saying, pay attention to what you're eating and try to make it healthy building blocks instead of making it about you and and attacking yourself until I should eat this, I shouldn't eat that. Be more of, hmm, what is this bringing for my baby? Absolutely. And, you know, plus size women are expert dieters. Right. <laughs> it's not, pregnancy is not the time to diet. It's a time to really form a new relationship with food and how it can nourish you and really make you feel good as well throughout your pregnancy. Um, ACOG does recommend that women meet with a nutritionist. And I think that that's great and that they should. Uh, just finding a size-friendly nutritionist can also sometimes be a hurdle um, there as well. For birth professionals, my recommendations here are just to not make assumptions. Um, this is a really big one for especially OBGYNs and midwives. I hear from a lot of moms that, uh, you know, my doctor told me to cut out my Coke habit. I don't even drink soda. So making assumptions that larger people just have really unhealthy food habits. Um, you know, the only thing that you can judge by looking at someone of size is that they are plus size. You can't tell what they eat or how active they are um, by looking at them. You really have to have those conversations in a compassionate manner. So not making any assumptions. For doulas, especially doing their due diligence and finding who are size-friendly and compassionate nutritionists that they can refer their clients to. Um, and then having positive resources. Uh, Pinterest is awesome. <laughs> I really encourage doulas and midwives and birth professionals who enjoy social media to create a Pinterest board for gestational diabetes recipes or just really healthy recipes that moms can eat during pregnancy. And then you can say, here, come follow me on Pinterest and here are all these fun recipes and, you know, making food fun um, because food is something that we are allowed to enjoy. I mean, culturally, we always have. So let's put less shame and more enjoyment of healthy foods in our lives. Absolutely. Because I adore chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's the first one. Mm -hmm. my, my second tip, again, probably not a shocker, is to be physically active. You know, we have tons of studies that show that when women are physically active throughout their pregnancy, it can reduce their risk, help them sleep better, reduce stress. Um, so being physically active is really important throughout pregnancy. Um, 
I definitely think that, you know, you have to be active in a way that is healthy for your body and your abilities. And that needs to start by having a conversation with your care provider. Um, but some something that I suggest for moms is to find a physical activity that's fun. Like exercise can definitely be fun, whether that's starting a walking group at work or a walking group with fellow moms. Um, and if you don't have those two things, going up onto sites like Meetup and finding a walking group can be great. You'll make, make lots of new friends. Um, water aerobics is awesome. I loved water aerobics. Um, I did it throughout my pregnancy. Uh, I'll share a little story. I was pregnant at the same time as a, a tiny mom, as I like to say, and I'm a plus size mom. And we were doing water aerobics together. So you're in your bathing suit. And as the months progressed, her belly got bigger and mine didn't. It took oh quite some time for my bump to pop. And all these people would come up to her and like rub her belly and say how amazing it was. And then all these people would come up to me and be like, oh my gosh, how much weight have you lost? And I was like, I'm pregnant too. <laughs> I mean, that's this isn't to say that do water aerobics to lose weight throughout your pregnancy. I did, but no, that wasn't why. I was just being really proactive and changing my habits. But it does touch upon briefly on body image and how our bodies do take longer to change. Um, and so if you're doing different exercise things with other pregnant moms, just don't judge yourself or compare yourself to how our bodies will evolve differently throughout pregnancy. I think that that's really important because that those emotional body image um, issues come up for women of all sizes, but it is hard for larger women to not show as early and often have a bump that looks a lot more like a B than a D. Um, so just, just, just remember that. I, I really hope you will. And the birth professionals are cognizant of that as well. Um, so yeah, along with, um, walking, uh, and water aerobics, uh, aerobics itself, just make sure that it's something safe. And you've talked to the, not only your care provider, but the instructor, then let them know you're pregnant. Prenatal yoga is incredible for many, many reasons. I'm sure you've had prenatal yoga people on your show, um, mm -hmm. here that share amazing tidbits. A stationary bike and and dancing is so much fun even if you just have a dance party at home with the younger kids or by yourself it's amazing and a lot of fun so those are just some tidbits around being physically active I especially like the swimming or the water aerobics recommendations because regardless of you know like you were saying regardless of size the your body's having a big change it feels different it's changed from you know, every cell in your being when you're pregnant is different. So when you get in the water, the buoyancy just lifts all those aches up and you feel so much more agile. Absolutely. And you sleep like a baby. Yeah. Afterwards. That's one of the things I did until um, that was maybe like a week before I gave birth. I swam um, every day and did some water aerobics and it was my favorite part of the week. Yes, yes, definitely. And I loved feeling my stomach and just feeling the changes in a new way in the water that was really exciting. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So we have exercise and eating healthy. What's the third key? So the third one is unique um, for plus size women. And uh, as I said in the beginning, 
there's that Chabath educator piece in me. So I would have always gone to the first two as really important. But this third piece is what's come out, especially of hearing those stories and working with moms for so many years now. And that is the critical importance of hiring a size-friendly care provider. And that drops down also to making sure you're researching what medical facility you're giving birth at and also definitely considering hiring a size-friendly doula. So what is a size-friendly healthcare provider? It's a provider who practices evidence-based compassionate care. So it's a provider that isn't just going to look at your BMI or the number on the scale and make assumptions about whether or not you are going to have a healthy pregnancy. Um, you know, as we said in the beginning there, that touched upon, you know, classifying women as high risk from the beginning. Uh, you know, this month is Cesarean Awareness Month, and I shared um, one of my most heart-wrenching uh, stories I have on my blog is from a woman, Hillary. And Hillary went to her first prenatal visit, you know, excited, and she was told that she would have a cesarean birth because of her size. And this is on her first prenatal visit, and Hillary weighed 211 pounds. So I think we have this assumption that when we're talking about plus-size pregnancy or obesity in pregnancy, that it's women who weigh, you know, 300, 400 pounds, but in all actuality, it's really based upon BMI. So I'd say the majority of women who I work with are closer to 200, 250 pounds and who are being told this stuff. Um, and women of any size shouldn't be told this. It should really, you know, uh, women of all sizes are capable of having healthy pregnancies and women of all sizes incur risk and need to have cesarean birth. So we really need to work hard on doing more individualized care and following women throughout the trajectory of her pregnancy. So <clears throat> midwifery model of care. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but please. But not all midwives are <laughs> friendly either. So, you know, yeah. every person has their own biases in life and being, you know, biased against fat people is still acceptable in this society. And there's, we could do a whole separate talk on that. Um, but yeah, I, I think that has really been a huge, huge shift in the advice and the re resources that I've put together for women is helping them to connect with size-friendly care providers. So how does that even happen? Um, it starts by mom, moms-to-be, or even moms who uh, know that they don't want to go back to that first care provider asking their plus size friends, Hey, um, I know you had a baby. Did you like your care provider? Those friends who, you know, share positive birth stories and experiences, reaching out to them and asking them who their care provider was. If you don't have plus size friends to ask, or they all have, unfortunately, not, not the best experiences, then come to me. I have on my website a list of size-friendly care providers. It's small, but it's growing. Um, it's based upon, it started off with people just kept telling me, oh, I love my doctor, I love my doctor, they were so amazing. And I was like, I should put together a list. <laughs> and then now I have care providers that contact me directly, which is really, really exciting. Um, and then I do have 
quite a big following on Facebook. So I'm more than happy to do targeted posts to certain areas or states in the country or, you know, throughout the world, really, to help people find size-friendly care providers. So if you email me and let me know where you're at, I'm more than happy to do that. It often, not always, but almost always, leads with a few names um, and websites or phone numbers. So that's really important to me to have some leads. Um, so once you have those leads, what do you do? You don't just you know, go, okay, this is, this is who I have. You definitely still have a lot of work to do. Um, I recommend that you call ahead to a provider's office, whether there was someone who referred to you or just someone who you looked up in network and ask a few questions. Um, states have BMI restrictions for um, home birth and birth centers and even medical facilities. Uh, here in Colorado, I, I can have a home birth, but I can't give birth in a birth center. So you need to know that that, that can be shocking um, I remember I thought birth center birth sounded great. And I just, something told me to call and ask, as opposed to just going to the, um, they had a, like a monthly, uh, meeting that people knew moms interested in prospective moms interested in their birth facility could go to, but I called and, and they did share that they had to be in my restriction. And I often wonder what, what the trajectory of my whole experience could have been if I wouldn't if I would have just shown up there and been told basically, you're too big to birth here, I think that would have changed a lot for me. So I really recommend people call ahead and ask that question. And just ask, you know, do you serve people of all sizes? I think that's a fair and appropriate question to ask because you want to gauge their response and ask if you can speak to the care provider on the phone. That's probably not going to happen, but you can mm -hmm. at least ask. Um, so calling ahead and asking questions is important. And it goes beyond just um, them saying that they're plus size friendly, but also adapting and incorporating that into their practice by having like larger um, or, or, or wider pressure cuffs. Um, what else? Like scales that are not that meet anybody, um, even like chairs. Yep. Yeah. That's what I was just about to say. That's, that's the next tip after you called ahead is to make observations. So when you walk into a waiting room and there are only chairs with arms, that is not a size friendly care provider. If you don't have a place that you can sit comfortably, that says a lot. <laughs> and yes, blood pressure cuffs are huge. I can't tell you how many women are told women of all sizes, by the way, um, cause we carry our weight differently. Uh, are told that they have high blood pressure when they don't. And that's just because a larger cuff isn't being used. Uh, I know a lot of home birth midwives say they're size friendly, but if you haven't invested in a $20 large blood pressure cuff, then you're really not doing the best vested interest for your client. So it's really, really important um, to have that larger blood pressure cuff. Um, a scale that goes up to a higher size. I know home birth midwives can just have their mom's way at home or whatever you decide about weighing in or not. Um, that's up to you. But for moms who are working with an OB or a midwife in a medical facility, you know, what does their scale go up to? Um, do they have larger gowns if you change into a gown? Um, you know, how stable is the equipment? And, you know, 
tables go up to a really high weight. So that's not as much of a concern, but definitely that blood pressure cuff is a game changer. Because it can even do false readings. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and show your blood pressure to be higher than it actually is. Yeah, and then you're labeled high risk. And mm-hmm. No, it's not It's not good at all. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, and then after you, so you've called ahead, you've made observations, and now you're meeting with this care provider for the first time, and now's the time to ask a lot of questions. Um, and what's important to you? And I encourage people to write down questions ahead of time because let's face it, meeting with a care provider for the first time is a pretty vulnerable experience. Often we have higher blood pressure than normal because it is intimidating and a little scary. And hopefully over time it becomes awesome and you're excited. And for many of us, we are, especially for, you know, those first prenatal visits where we're, you know, exploring what's happening with our bodies. And um, when we get to the point where we can, you know, hear the heartbeat and see the baby and all that good stuff, but um, it still can be quite nerve wracking. So write questions down ahead of time, have questions in your phone, Uh, consider bringing a support person. If you have a partner, that's awesome. If you don't, is there a close friend that can be there for you? Um, Because we found that it can be helpful for just, just even that being able to look at someone's eyes and that safe space and have that smile and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I feel good. I can ask questions. I feel empowered now as opposed to just being alone. Um, but but one of the questions that I think is really a great way to find out if someone is size friendly or not is simply what is your experience working with um, women of size or plus size women? And then just sit back and wait. <laughs> <laughs> and their answer will really tell you a lot um, and how they answer that question, their tone. Um, it, 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 kill, it You'll know a, a lot. Uh, you'll get a lot out of it. Um, but whatever other questions are really important to you, I actually have a list of 15 questions. If you come to my website and sign up for my newsletter, uh, 15 questions you can ask your care provider to find out if they are size friendly or not. So I really encourage you uh, to do that. Um, I'll put like- the link for that on uh, on the show notes for sure. Thank you. Um, yeah. Oh, and another thing is to set a reminder on your phone that'll pop up, even maybe when you're being called back, that'll pop up like, five, 15 minutes into your meeting. And so it'll be like this little ping and it'll remind you, oh, I, I had questions to ask. I need to ask questions because some of us tend to get really intimidated and shy. So that can help. Um, overall though, super important to trust your gut. That your gut, your intuition is so important. And you, you can, please listen to me, fire your care provider at any time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's really important to know that. I, I feel like so many people just say, oh, I've been going to my doctor since I got my period and I you know, feel comfortable being in the stirrups with this care provider. That's great. I'm glad you found a care provider that you feel comfortable doing that with, but they may not be the right care provider to support you throughout your pregnancy. Um, so definitely being open to the idea of working with a new care provider and asking a lot of questions and it's okay to switch care and it's also important not just to find that care provider but also the medical facility um you know it 
I wish it wasn't so hard for us to find out cesarean, updated cesarean birth stats from hospitals. They're always like three to five years behind. But doing research and finding out, you know, here in Colorado, we have hospitals miles apart that have staggering differences in their statistics. And granted, some of them are more high-risk facilities, so that does change a little bit. But, you know, what what are... What are ask birth professionals? Hire a doula and ask the doula. Where you know where are where are the hospitals that you recommend? And, and I'm sure they'll have some strong opinions there. So I think that's that's all really important. Um, and and there's so much more we could talk about here. I'm actually um, in the process of developing a toolkit on how to find a size friendly healthcare provider because. My number one question I get is, how can I find cute maternity clothes? <laughs> and then after that, it's usually, how do I find a doctor that's not going to, you know, shame me because of my size? Um, and for birth professionals, and especially any any midwives or OBGYNs listening, um, studies show that if we shame people of size, they are more likely to gain weight and less likely to receive routine medical care. I say this often, um, shame is not an effective tool. I'm going to say it again. Shame is not an effective tool and it needs to end. It doesn't work. (laughs) It really doesn't work. It makes people feel really badly about themselves. Um, So language matters. Uh, The language we use when we talk to people, no one likes being called obese. It doesn't. I realize it's a medical term and it's used, you know, I even say women of size, don't call a plus size woman a woman of size, call her a plus size woman. Plus size is her safety word. But also listen to the words that she uses when she describes her body as well. Um, that's really important. So language is really important. Meeting people where they're at, not making assumptions about their health or their habits, but asking questions in a compassionate manner. Um, and and just listen and support meet meet people where they are at and support them. And if you are know that you are not a size friendly provider, then do us all a favor and set a BMI restriction. That way, you feel comfortable serving people that you're comfortable with, and plus size women don't end up in a situation where they're not getting the best support that they can. Jen, what can moms do in a situation where they have a, you know, their primary care provider, but that person is not available, the one that they've created a rapport with that's not available for the birth, and then they might end up with a provider who's not um, plus size friendly at the moment of birth? Have a doula by their side. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's, that's critical. I mean, we know amazing, incredible benefits that doulas provide, including helping to, you know, reduce interventions and cesarean birth rates. So having a doula, if you don't have a doula, having a strong support system, um, it can be really hard to be the best medical advocate for yourself when you're in labor. But one tool that I really recommend moms memorize is an acronym that our childbirth educators love, and it's BRAIN. So um, asking yourself, so B is benefits. Um, If someone wants to have an intervention, recommends an intervention during your labor or even during prenatal care that you're like, hmm, I don't don't know how this makes me feel. And you really want to 
uh, there's this mysterious thing called informed consent, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> informed consent, um, really a care provider can't do anything to you without receiving your consent. Um, I This doesn't happen <laughs> as it should when women um, are in pregnant or during labor or birth. So the BRAIN acronym actually helps you to helps to obtain informed consent really. So B, what are the benefits of whatever it is that the recommendation is? R, what are the risks? Um, A, what are the alternatives? I um, always listen to your intuition and and what happens next or if we do nothing. So one thing that this does when you're up against a care provider that's recommending things that you're not comfortable with or things are just moving too fast for you, and this isn't a true emergency, right? Um, but it's maybe making to be felt like it is, then doing this and asking these questions can really slow everything down and it can help you to make the best decision for yourself and it can remind a care provider that they really have to obtain your consent to be able to do things. So having a strong support person and using um, the BRAIN acronym are two things that I definitely recommend because yeah, there are situations where your care provider isn't available or or you live in a small town and the only care provider you have is someone who is not size friendly or you're a military mom and your options are very limited. So having a support system, having certain questions you can ask, even like print off brain and have it with you or in your wallet or on your phone or something. Um, those are things that I really, really recommend. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that if it's a med- medical emergency, you will know. The yeah. room will fill with people. You're, somebody will be putting an oxygen mask on your face. Like it will seem, it will be clearly apparent that it's a medical emergency. Otherwise, if that's not happening, there is time, time for all these questions. And I love the BRAIN acronym. It's one of my favorites. Um, I also love the is there any reason why question? Because sometimes you might remember the BRAIN acronym, but you're going like, oh, what's the B stand for? What's it? You know, it's making you think. But if you just go, is there any reason why I can't get out of the bed? Is there any reason why I have to stay here? Is there any reason why I can't? you know, use the birth ball? Is there any reason why? It forces care providers to, and be that and that could be the nurse, that could be the attendant, that could be your main care provider, whoever, to think and get you out of the cookie cutter norm and actually look at you. And, and you can see their brain going like, yeah, is there any reason why this person can't wait an hour? Yes. I apologize. My dogs are about to go crazy. Hey, dogs. <laughs> into the house. Hi. Hi, dogs. Hold on one second. Let me put them out, okay? Okay. Barley, outside. Sorry about that. That's all right. We heard, how many do you have? I heard barley. (laughs) (laughs) We actually have a roommate right now. So it's the roommate coming home. So there's three. (laughs) Okay, cool. Barley, Reverend, and Gus. (laughs) Yay, dogs. (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, Not a problem. So, right, we were talking about, we talked about brain and we talked about, is there any reason why? Um, so what other recommendations do you have for women to increase their chances of having, well, now let's, now I think we're talking a little bit more about the birth experience rather than the, the pregnancy care. 
Yeah, so we touched briefly on doulas. I just wanted to just put a huge shout out there to doulas. Um, I actually have a list of size-friendly doulas on my list that on my website, plussizesbirth.com, that's far more comprehensive than the size-friendly care providers. And when I first started this project, I got some criticism and people were like, well, of course, you know, nearly all doulas are size-friendly and work with people of all sizes. And I was like, well, absolutely, but that's not the purpose of this list. The purpose of this list is for moms because it can be really intimidating to invite someone who you don't know into a very naked and personal experience, especially for women that struggle with body image. Sidebar, we all struggle with body image. <laughs> but oh, yeah. It, it, you know, it can be really scary. So the purpose of this list is for moms to go to it and just know that this doula says outwardly that they are going to be supportive of people of all sizes. So I think that that can really help um, to eliminate a, a small barrier that can be there for some people. Um, and I also recommend for doulas, for people who are like, oh, I can't really afford a doula. A doula is the best baby shower gift or mother blessing gift your loved ones can give you. So you can, you know, do a fund for that. You really don't need all the stuff you get at a baby shower, but you really do need a, a doula or a really strong um, support person by your side. So I think that that is a, a huge game changer, especially um, for it's really for women of all sizes, um, but for plus size women, um, as you said, you never know who can walk through that hospital door. It's different if you're having a home birth, of course, or a birth center birth, but um, things can change very quickly. Um, you know, even a, a nurse who isn't size friendly, uh, if that happens, then ask to speak to the charge nurse and ask to have a different nurse. Um, but you you need that support person to remind you that you really can advocate for yourself and your wishes. I think having a birth plan or birth preferences is really important. I think it's also important to have a cesarean birth plan. Um, I know some people disagree with me here, but I think it is important. Uh, as you said in the beginning of the show, uh, women of size do have uh, increase in not only the risks I mentioned, but cesarean birth is the main one. It, for women with a BMI over 35, it's a 47.7% risk, and it climbs all the way up to 80% for a woman with a BMI over 50. Um, and I I question this a lot. I think we all question Absolutely. <laughs> the cesarean rate for women of all sizes, but um to give you a visual, I have an 80%, uh, I know you can't see me right now, but I have an 80% um, cesarean birth rate. And I think that a lot of that, especially for women with a higher BMI, comes down to care provider bias against women of size. Um, you know, it, there was a study in 1978 that showed that all of the risk I talked about in the beginning with gestational diabetes and preeclampsia, et cetera, those were all still the same. Our bodies really haven't changed, <laughs> but what has changed is medical technology. Um, and uh, so when that study was done, there all those risks were still there, but the cesarean birth rate and forceps birth rate were the same for women of all sizes, the same. Fast forward 30 plus years later, and there is a huge difference. And 80% that that just doesn't sit well with me. So 
um, I, I really feel that care provider bias against people of size plays a role there. Huge. That's crazy, That's crazy that number. That. Yeah. Yes, it is. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, it, and I did reading through, I, I looked into things that, you know, that are good for any mom, uh, any pregnant woman, but like things like chiropractic care, um, make sure you have a lot of mobility during birth. Um, yeah, you women know. size have increased risk of babies in um, malposition. Sorry, there's the two other dogs are now upstairs. I really do apologize. One second. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Let's go Um, women of size can have a higher uh, rate of malposition babies. So chiropractic care is really important, as well as, um, you know, looking into great resources like spinning babies for making sure that you're being really proactive with uh, how you're holding your body throughout pregnancy and just um, being being in touch and in tune with your body. I think that that can be really challenging <laughs> because especially for um women of size or plus size women we've been um told for the majority of our lives that there's something wrong with our bodies and that we shouldn't like our bodies and we shouldn't love our bodies so it can be hard to really tune in to ourselves um and our bodies and our births uh throughout pregnancy so i really encourage women to have maternity photos taken. I, I give you permission not to share them with anyone if you don't want to, but just that experience of having photos taken can really start to change how you feel about your body and your journey to motherhood. It can be really powerful. I've, I know it can be because I've heard this from many women. Um, also, if you're struggling with having a belly that looks more like a B than a D, pick up a belly band. Um, belly bands are great for kind of smoothing them out. Baby doll tops that are kind of cinched um, tighter around your breast area and then flow out. Those can be really helpful with making your bump look more like a D and more pronounced. It takes longer to feel flutters. It takes longer for any partners to feel the baby move. All of that is emotionally different and harder for plus size women. Um, if, if you're searching for maternity clothes and struggling there, I have resources on my website, plussizebirth.com for plus size maternity clothes, nursing bras, and other great nursing tank tops, pillows that are size friendly, as well as a huge research on belly bands. Um, plus size baby wearing is, I have pictures of all the different carriers with plus size women wearing them that I recommend. Um, all these resources are there and available for you. You are not alone at all. And I think that important reminder that you are growing life within you and your body is doing this. This body that you've been told for so long is, you know, equipped is is growing life within you. And I hope it can be an opportunity for you to start loving and appreciating your body. And for birth professionals out there, I just taking that extra time if the mom is comfortable to to touch her belly, to give her touch, to normalize this pregnancy experience for her that for some women doesn't feel as normal as it should. 
Mm, that's so many. You have so many fabulous resources. I I was looking through your website, and it, you do. There's pictures. There's names. There's links, and you also now have a brand new, spanking new resource. You've created a book on body image and body love. Tell us about that. I have. Thank you. You know, I started doing a big speaking tour last year on um, not only doing a lot of birth professional conferences, but also I. Um, I'm so grateful. Uh, Birth Without Fear, January, picked me up, and I did some of her talks. And I did this talk on um, body love for moms, and I found afterwards it was really these tiny moms that have this outward appearance that, you know, society tells us we need to look like would hug me the longest and the hardest and sometimes kiss me on the cheek and just thank me for giving them permission to love a body that for them has changed a lot and it changes for everyone. And it just made me realize, you know, my work does cross so many barriers. I think it's really powerful for me. I'm fine with the word fat, by the way, for me to be a fat woman standing on stage and saying, I love my body and you can love your body too. Um, I think that can be really powerful and impactful, but then people come to my website plus size birth and it just complete disconnect. It didn't, it doesn't resonate with everyone. So I, um, I hooked up with an incredible, um, mental health therapist, a child family therapist. We actually met at the first ever body love conference two years ago and happened to live in Colorado. This was in Arizona. And we just really feel strongly about body image and mental health, uh, and body love for moms. So we wrote, the Peachy Mom's Guide to um, Body Love for Moms. And it's not too thick because we know the reality of motherhood. Um, we're barely being able to pee alone now that our kids are older. So, But it has activities in it to really start to help you um, just even accept the body that you have today and then um, walking towards a journey to body love. So I wanted to offer that at um, a nice discount for anyone uh, listening. I definitely want to give you 50% off our ebook. So that brings it down to only $2.25. So you can pick one up for your best friend as well if you'd like. And that's available on our website and the code will be um, birthful in uh, capital letters. The book is also available on Amazon if you're a paper copy um, fan and Kindle. Um, but if you want the discount, it's on our website. So thanks for letting me share. Absolutely. And so then when they check out, they'll, there'll, there will be a place where they can put in the code BIRTHFUL, all in caps? Yep. Yeah, there's a coupon code area on our website. They'll just go to peachymoms.com. And that's P-E-A-C-H-I-E, moms, M-O-M-S.com. And then our shop and our um, the book is there. And I had a chance to look at the book and it's fabulous. It's short. It's to the point. It's in a beautifully warm, very, you know, it's an easy, accessible language. It's like talking to your best friend, really. Yeah, we wanted we wanted the book that we were looking for when we started our body love journey. So and our our name is Peachy Moms because we're kind of both peachy and happy and bubbly and so it's it's really approachable and and loving and you know there's some tough issues that we tackle but there's a lot of humor as well. Jen what are other ways that listeners can stay in contact with you follow what you're doing and just check out all your beautiful resources? Thank you. Yeah, my website is plussizebirth.com. If you go there, you'll find 
all the resources we talked about. And then you'll also find links to all of my social media. Um, I'm everywhere, but the main community is on Facebook. I also have a private forum on Facebook as well for people who want to remain a little more private. Um, so that's there and I'm now falling in love with Instagram. So <laughs> you can find me there as well, but just go to plussizebirth.com and you'll find all the resources. And I really hope birth professionals listening will be interested in being listed on my website and helping me to grow these resources that are so needed. So thank you. Thanks you for all you do. It was so lovely having you on the show today. Thank you. I really appreciate this opportunity. Mighty Mamas, I love to hear from you. So share with me your thoughts. And if there's a certain topic you'd like to know more about, let me know. Stay in touch by following Birthful on Facebook or Twitter or subscribe at birthful.com. If you want to further support the podcast and join my adventure in figuring out how to do things differently, then go to patreon.com slash birthful and check out all the different pledges and reward levels, including an exclusive monthly Q&A chat and much more. Go do it. As soon as this thing is done, go check it out. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to another maternity pro to inform your intuition here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Mighty One. Did you know that if you started listening to one birthful episode per day at the start of your pregnancy, your baby would be about three months old before you got through all of them? That is so much birthful. So to ease us into the summer and to help you catch up on your listening, we're going back to releasing one episode per week instead of two. Now you know.